The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. This is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Thanks very much for being with me on this Monday. Got a lot to talk about today. And typically on a Monday, we'd be doing the Monday Follies. But, you know, given the fact that the Mueller report was delivered to the Attorney General's office over the course of the weekend, in fact, dropped on a Friday afternoon. Uh, and, of course, we spent the weekend deciding whether or not we we're going to see anything about this. Well, you know, we figured that we should probably dig into what's out there right now. I am Craig. Joining me right now is Alan Langle, who, of course, is the editor here at Deadline Detroit and somebody who covered the Justice Department for a long time when he was at the Washington Post. So I thought his opinion would be worth digging into today, especially since uh, there is a lot to unpack here. Alan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, I, I, I should clarify, I covered federal law enforcement. Federal uh, law enforcement. I mean, that was not my set beat, but I certainly did a lot of uh, federal if you're doing invest, federal law enforcement, then I the did DOJ federal is law enforcement. That you're doing. I, I had a lot of you know contacts in the FBI and Justice Department. And well, exactly why on I have you on. on. So, so on you know, on. you know, so. you're trying to downplay your bona fides here, and I, and, I don't think. And you I should do also that. throw throw in there. Uh, up until maybe a year ago, I was for two years uh, on the Brian Ross team on the ABC News uh, investigative. Unit, I was a special contributor while I was here in Detroit, still doing Deadline Detroit, but I was jumping in on the big stories. Well, so. and, and this is obviously the big story. This yeah. is something that uh, people have been waiting for. Now, if you're opposed right. to President Trump, the, the, the hope was that there'd be some sort of smoking gun in this report that would be the thing that removes him from office. Mm -hmm. On the other side, of course, you're now looking at a victory lap being run by, uh, by Trump supporters, right. uh, which I witnessed in full throat this morning while watching <laughs> Fox and Friends right. and, and right. watching uh, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani this morning talking about this. It's important to point out, we have seen one thing here. We have not seen the Mueller report. Right, Bill sure. Barr has seen the Mueller report. Right. And Rod Rosenstein has seen the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. We have seen a four-page letter from Bill right. Barr. A sanitized version. I, I, I mean, regardless, I mean, he is correct on a couple of points. One, there's no evidence to suggest that the president colluded with Russia to throw the election. That was the big thing that that uh, that Robert Mueller was tasked to look into. Right. And whether or not he obstructed the investigation into said interference. Right. Interesting. And, and, and what role I think Russia had in yes. our investigation. Because in, in the investigation, because I, we see that there were some Russians indicted for Quite hack, a few, hacking. Quite actually. Yeah, indicted. So I think part of it was the role itself. Um, I, I, th I think... It was. I, I never expected. I I didn't expect that there would be a link uh, showing Trump colluded directly with the Russians, but I'm kind of baffled that there's that that everybody in the campaign was cleared. I mean, when you have Rudy Giuliani and other people in the campaign, you know, Roger Stone talking about there's going to be a big surprise coming out in a few days with Julian Assange, you know, basically a big surprise coming up. And, you know, Julian Assange, who supposedly is getting these stolen emails from the Russians, I mean, it seems I, 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 I was a little bit surprised that, that there wasn't that link. And then we talk about the obstruction issue. It's like I was talking to a friend last night. I said, you can't tell me 
that if if you if I was a uh, a witness in a criminal investigation and you were putting out Twitter feeds saying you you know you know you're you know Craig Folly's a rat and you know he's a liar and he's this and that and and trying to intimidate you would think at some point there'd be some uh, judge or somebody moving in or a criminal charge of intimidation or obstruction on that to say, hey, either back off or you're going to get charged. Um, I don't, I'm not sure of all the, the latitudes that a president has, and I'm sure he has every lawyer telling him what he can and can't do and how far, you know, up to the line he can go on stuff like that. And, uh, but, well, I- interestingly enough, and, and let's talk about this for just a second. I mean, again, we have seen, Bill Barr's interpretation of what is in the Mueller report. And right. I mean, they interviewed, sure. what, 500 people as part of this investigation? There's a lot more information that we have yet to see right. about what sure. kind of questions they were asking, who they were asking these questions of, and we may never see it. Mm-hmm. That's going to depend on whether or not the Justice Department decides to release this. I know that there are people pushing for it. I'm not expecting to ever see a fully unredacted version until I'm old and gray. Well, I'm already right. older and grayish, but I, I may be 90 by the time this thing actually gets fully unredacted, right. uh, the way that we sure. saw with like you know the Kennedy assassination. Right. It's going to be a long time before we finally right. see what's in there. But th- there's something that, that Bill Barr said in here, which was interesting. Uh, Barr's rationale for... You know, he's the one that cleared Trump on the obstruction charge. Right. This him, was not him, something, him and Rosenstein. Yeah, this is not something Mueller did. Mueller did not exonerate right. him, nor right. did he did he say that there was evidence to charge him. He punted on the question, right. leaving it up to his bosses, which is the attorney general. Right. Bill Barr's the one that said, well, since there wasn't the underlying crime of collusion, then there could not be obstruction. That's basically the argument that he is making here. Um, that there had to be an underlying crime for him to try to obstruct anything. That was his basis for this. A number of legal scholars are suggesting that that is hooey, uh, that this is right. a very flimsy argument I, that he's I don't making buy, I don't buy that at all. If you have an investigation going on, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. If you're trying to derail that investigation, it doesn't matter whether in the end there's you know a crime there. There certainly there was enough probable cause to have a special counsel appointed to look into the matter. And so you've created a foundation of an investigation. And then if you're derailing the investigation, I don't see that the substance of the charge has to be that there has to be a crime at the bottom of that. Um, I, I think that's that's nonsense. I mean, my, my interpretation is that, I mean, having been in Washington at the time, and I actually did meet Robert Mueller once at a Christmas party, at the uh, FBI Christmas party at headquarters, but uh, he's not a guy who's going to roll over. But he's political. He's been in Washington long enough. He understands politics, and I think the idea of him punting on the obstruction issue was that he did not want to be the guy who set the constitutional crisis in motion. He didn't want to be the guy who all the Trump supporters would come after. He wanted to say, here's what we found. We're, we're a, a fact-finding group, although, I mean, they're more than just— I mean, the FBI is considered a fact-finding organization. The, the prosecutors are the ones who make the determination whether to actually file charges. Sure. He had all those components in his grasp there. He was the prosecution. He had access well, to about And he did file 40, charges against a lot of people. Right, and he had access to about 40 FBI agents who, who worked diligently on, on the case. But I feel like 
I mean, it's kind of it's a little ironic though because it was t- it was put to him because there were some conflicts of interest with Jeff Sessions, and then Rod Rosenstein was the one who sort of took over and appointed a special counsel. And the idea is that you're going to get the most, you know, you're going to get a fair evaluation. There's no bias there or whatever. So here it is. He basically says, well, you know, I'm not going to make a determination one way or another on the obstruction thing. Here, William Barr, a Trump appointee who has trashed the whole concept of this, you know, the special, special counsel. Sure. And I'm going to be the one who's going to make a determination at that point. And that, that raises some questions, and I think that has you know, stuck in the craw of some of the Democrats there. And you know, it, 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 it reminds me, I mean, now we're in a full-out war in Capitol Hill on both sides. There's a propaganda war going on right now. And it reminds me of way back in 1982 when I was doing an internship with the investigative uh, columnist Jack Anderson. And it was 82. Israel had invaded Lebanon, and they were going all the way up to Beirut to get rid of the PLO, who were basically in East Beirut. We were well entrenched there. And there was a propaganda war going on. And, and in our office, there were thir- – in the Jack Anderson office, I was an intern. There were five interns and 13 reporters. And there were some reporters who were known as being pro-Israel and some as being anti-Israel. And the CIA was pro-Israel, and they were contacting – people in the office who were pro-Israel to get their story out. The State Department at the time was more anti-Israel, and they had certain reporters. They knew that they could float certain information. And I think we're going to see an all-out propaganda war. I mean, before at that time, we didn't have Fox News. We didn't have MSNBC, which are now obvious outlets for both sides, uh, CNN or whatever, uh, the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, the and, the Times, know, the Post, the Times, the Post, and in 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 all that. So we're 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 going to see an all out knockout, drag out propaganda war in D.C. Well, interestingly enough, I mean the the scope of the investigation uh, that that Robert Mueller was charged with was was relatively narrow. Looking at collusion, was there any collusion and was there any cooperation on the part of the Trump administration or the campaign with the Russians? He did conclude, apparently, that the Russians tried many, many times to make overtures to them. They didn't take the bait. Uh, doesn't mean that they did not impact the election, as was we've seen with the charges. Uh, and, and so I, I think it's important that people sort of step back a little bit and look at what this, uh, this investigation actually did accomplish at this point in time. Uh, and had all of this been released at once— like if, if yesterday, you know, we got this report and we found out that there are going to be more than 30 indictments in this case, including a bunch of people connected to the campaign. And all this had waited till the very end and all this was going on. This would have been a shocker of epic proportions. But it's right. this sort of slow right. trickle of charges and information and then ferrying off of charges to other jurisdictions. has right. been something that has sort of numbed people a little bit to the right. scope of this. You know, it's interesting. I put on Facebook and there was a lot of. Back and forth on oh, Facebook. My thread's last, the same way right last now. Last night, and you know, there was some anger, and then some people were getting a little personal, so I just sort of backed away from it. But uh, I, I wrote on there and said, you know, if, if there's one great thing from this report, is that if in fact there is no collusion, as the report That's says, good news. the good news is that Donald Trump was telling the truth, which is That's not, a common, not a common thing. All, all the time. And so, I, I, I mean, I found it a little heartening that he was actually telling the truth. I could actually believe him 
about something because I feel like his credibility has been, you know, except for, for the core, his credibility is, is, is amazing. All he says is fake news, don't believe that, and they believe him. I mean, but, you know, there's many other people who are very skeptical of what he says these days because he does so frequently lie, and it's not, that's not an opinion, it's a fact. And that's, you know, it's hard, it's hard for me now to watch all these shows, like you watch MSNBC, CNN, whatever, Fox, and you, and you see, you know, particularly MSNBC and CNN, you see there's reporters from the New York Times who are, you expect are going to be very straightforward, and they're saying, you know, he's lying, he's this, he's that, and it sounds biased because for so long, we never said a politician was lying. They say, well, you know, they're bending the truth or whatever. Now they just say he's out and out lying. And it sounds biased, but it's factual. And so it's hard, but it sounds biased. And so I don't know. Now, at the same time, though, I mean, you look at this from Trump supporters' perspective here. Sure. They've been watching the news and they've been seeing all this reporting from the New York Times, the Washington Post, everybody sure. else, where they have flat out said, you know, you've had a number of people, especially on the Democratic political side of things, suggesting that there is plenty of evidence that this that this president colluded. There may be a lot of things that are suspicious, but they may not rise to the level of illegality. Uh, and people are demanding some sort of apology from the media over their coverage on this one. I think they're going to get some mileage out of this argument. No question. And, no and question so so if, if you're in the press at this point in time, what do you do? Do you go back and you look at all your reporting or do you stand by the stuff that you've already done saying, look, this is what we uncovered. It's not up to us what Mueller decides well, to do. Well, you know, I, I guess the question is, you know, we haven't seen the report yet. So is, is there a lot of suspicion in the report that doesn't rise to criminality? I mean – that's is there a lot of suspicion that doesn't even rise to the to the, to the idea of collusion or whatever? But I mean, we have seen a lot there to make us wonder uh, if, if in fact true that when Trump met with the Russians and he said I fired Comey, he was you know the whole investigation was you know being a pain a pain, and when he talked to Lester Holt and he basically said you know yeah I got rid of him you know because he the was, Russia thing. Yeah, the Russia thing. I mean, how do we not? How do we ignore that? I mean, is there not reason to to need to look into that? Uh, we've never had. I mean, supposedly he called the Southern District in New York and said, "Hey, can we get somebody else?" I think on was it the Cone case or or uh, the Michael Flynn case? Well, Michael Flynn was down in down here in D.C., but um, I don't I don't know. I think there was enough there. To have, I, I think the FBI would have been remiss. I think we would have been remiss in not looking into this. Uh, you can certainly raise questions and say, okay, well, I mean, there's certainly going to be an argument out there, and we'll see what comes out in the report. I mean, if the report is, I, I have to believe there's some red flags that will be raised in the report, some suspicions that will be raised in the report, but, you know, the bar is very high. For not only for char- there there's two okay. steps there for charging and then the the probability of getting a conviction and and those are two separate things in itself. I mean, we see sometimes where some prosecutors are like, you know what, I'm just we're go- we're going to charge and throw it up against the wall and see if we can get something. And others are more careful, but particularly when you're going after the big bear, yeah, you know, you're you're not going to throw it up against the wall and let's see what happens. You're going to go in with a 99% probability of, of conviction. 
and you take a look at, at what has, again, come out of this uh, investigation. Uh, there are a number of other investigations that are going on, things that maybe were uncovered during this right, that sure. were then basically outside of the scope outside of, of the scope of his investigation sure. but you uncover certain things you give them to other people to look into mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that might show up in the report i mean you'd have to think that Mueller would say hey look i uncovered some evidence of this so i shipped it over to the southern district yeah. of new york for instance I, I think those are the things that are going to be redacted yeah exactly those, those are the things we're on- not going to know about because it's i mean if you have ongoing investigations if exactly. you have grand jury material that you know, shouldn't shouldn't come out. I, I think it, it's a fine line. I mean, it sounds like William Barr wants to do the right thing, and I think Rod Rosenstein wants to do the right things in, in terms of being as transparent as possible. Uh, you know, what what pressure comes from the White House, who knows what pressure comes from, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani in that, who knows. But I, I, I think William Barr is going to try. I mean, these guys are politicians. I mean, the Justice Department, they try to be, you know, straight shooters and stuff like that, but they're also politicians. When you're, you know, that high up, in, you know, you're, you're a presidential point, pointy. The, you know, the two top spots in the Justice Department yep. are Abs- presidential appointments. Absolutely. I should remind folks, too, my guest right now, Alan Langle, of course, who's the editor at Deadline Detroit. Uh, we're talking, of course, about the Barr uh, memo that came out, the four-page memo that <laughs> basically suggests that there was no attempted collusion on the part of the president of the United States with the Russian government. Uh, again, the interesting thing about this that he does suggest is that um, – the report did not exonerate the president nor condemn him when it comes to the issue of obstruction of justice. So basically, he punted that up to the Justice Department to make the decision, which Bill Barr has done. Right. He and Rod Rosenstein sure. said, we didn't see enough there to, sure. to move forward on this. However, yeah. I, as I mentioned before, there are still 20 active investigations into President Trump, many of them spinoffs right. sure. of indeed this investigation that's going on uh, that he's going to be dealing with for a long time, whether right. it involves... Russian collusion or not, some of them are looking at multinational collusion, but most of them are looking at financial affairs, uh, the Trump Foundation, things along those lines. So for anybody to be running a victory lap or feeling defeated in this moment seems a bit premature. Well, you know, even even the fact, I mean, the the appearances, if if we're to believe Michael Cohen that President Trump was on the campaign trail while he was trying to negotiate a deal for a Trump you know, hotel or whatever in, in, in Moscow and, you know, and, and then telling people that he has no interest in Moscow and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's of concern. That is something Hillary Clinton would have, you know, fried for. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff out there of concern. And to just be dismissive and say, OK, I mean, that, you know, no collusion there. I mean, like I say, I'm a, I'm a little baffled on no collusion, not so much on, on the president's part, but on some of the other parts. If they did take that meeting at the Trump Tower, even if they didn't get anything out of it, and maybe they were duped, maybe there were some tests going on there or whatever, uh, they were willing. And so, I, you know, to be totally dismissive and give them the give them their angel wings Again, the de- and let them fly off. But the details of the Trump meeting are likely buried in that report somewhere um, yeah. because Barr didn't talk about that at all. Right. In his they, they, that has to be in the report. And so there's got to be something. I mean, this kind of stuff is in there, which we may or may not see. Now, now, interestingly and that may enough, not rise to the, you know, it may not rise to, you know, 
if, if you're saying collusion or whatever, it's like they could say, well, we got nothing from that meeting about Hillary Clinton. We were duped on that. And so how do you, you know. But it is something that could sway voters. Um, and, and, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, how both parties respond to this is going to be interesting. And I'm already getting clues based on just what I've seen in the last couple of days that nobody's finished with this. It's right. not like, sure. okay, you know, we've got the report. Now everybody can go home. Uh, Republicans are digging in saying they want to go after whoever fed this information to them. Who They're calling it a, a bogus investigation and that somebody, Giuliani hinted that there's somebody that they know of that is responsible for all of this and that they're going to go after them. So there's going to be... I, I can tell you what, what I was... It's going to be a know, revenge tour on I, the part of the Trump people. Yeah. And I, I, and the Democrats aren't going to give this up in Capitol Hill either. I mean, right. I think that we're stuck with with this argument over Trump for uh, at least another year. I, I, I can tell you what I, what I was told by a reliable person is that uh, when Comey was still in office, there were a group of some of the top FBI guys who met in headquarters, and they discussed whether they should be looking into Donald Trump and the Russian connection and all. Comey was not pushing for it. Uh, Andrew McCabe was. Andrew McCabe and some of the other people at, at the table were not pushing for it as well. But Andrew McCabe was adamant, felt there was something there. And Comey wanted, didn't want to turn, you know, wanted to do the right thing. And so Andrew McCabe talked them into, you know, pursuing the matter. And then... So they began pursuing the matter, and that's when, you know, Trump fires Comey, and that's when suddenly we've got a little bit of a crisis going on here, and that's how we end up with the special consul there. I don't know that there's anything, I mean, you know, they hate Andrew McCabe. They think Andrew McCabe, you know, is biased. His wife was a Democrat. Uh, there was certainly, we saw, you know, Stroke and, and sure. you know, Page, the, the, the lawyer, where they were having an affair, and, and, and there was a bias there. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, the only difference is, I think, is that we have emails now that we can capture. We have texts that we can capture. I don't know that there aren't a lot of investigations where you're going after a corrupt figure where you don't sort of demonize, or some of the agents may demonize, those figure that they're going after. And so, and, and Trump being a, a fairly divisive person, I, you know, I, I think it's more common than, than, than we think. I mean, the question is, should it, I mean, it certainly should not influence the course of the investigation. I mean, if you're going after somebody, but it should, you shouldn't, you should do it in, in a fair and objective way. Way, regardless well, of your personal feelings. Taking a look at this, though, I mean, we've seen this before when it comes to talk about impeachment, talk about continuing investigations going on at the congressional level, whether it was the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, uh, which right. started out as something completely different, obviously, or whether it was looking into the Benghazi hearings, emails, everything else. It seems like we have this consistent cycle of investigations that are going on. Democrats want their pound of flesh based on what they thought was done to President Obama and Hillary Clinton when it came to Fast and Furious, whether it came to Benghazi, whatever. Right. Sure. They're going to want to continue to do this. But as we saw in the wake of the Bill Clinton uh, impeachment you know, Republicans paid a pretty heavy price for that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, a few weeks ago, suggested they don't want to go that route unless there's something that is totally compelling. She was sending a message that, look, we got to win this campaign based on ideas and policy, not on whether or not the other person's corrupt. Uh, do you see the Democrats resisting that temptation to continue going after this guy? 
I think they're going to continue on. I think they they need to. I think they're going to try to be more more cautious. But I, I just wanted to cautious is, yeah. is, is a key I, word. I, I, I think don't see be it. Cautious, but I I I, th- I think I want to go back just a, a drop where we talk about the bias against sure. Trump in the FBI. I can I can tell you, uh, you know, knowing knowing some agents that uh, the FBI in New York, which was investigating the Hillary Clinton thing. Well, a lot of agents who hated Hillary Clinton, a lot of agents not involved in the investigation hated Hillary Clinton. They don't like the Clintons for, you know, for whatever reason, whether they think they're corrupt or whether they think they're, you know, too liberal or whatever it was. But there were leaks coming out of the New York office, and that was a, a big concern of Comey's, and it was coming out against Hillary. And Rudy Giuliani, who used to be the U.S. attorney, in the Southern District, had connections there, and we're assuming that he was getting, you know, he was a recipient of some of those leaks. So it's, you know, when you have high-profile candidates like that who are are fairly controversial, you're going to have both sides where you're going to have agents. You're going to find agents who hate Hillary. You're going to find agents who hate Trump. Um, that's that's the way it is, and I, I've known both who hate. I, I can tell you also that Robert Mueller, when I, I was having uh, lunch one day in D.C. before before uh, before Comey was fired, uh, I I was talking to somebody from from the bureau, and I said, you know, Comey should have never sent that letter right before the election. He had a cover. The Justice Department said, don't send it. He could have blamed it on them, and. This person said to me, I can assure you that Comey does not like Trump. And so it was pretty well known in, in the Bureau that Comey was not a fan of Trump. So, but, you know, you're still professional. I mean, it's like reporters. We don't have to love, we may, we may hate a mayor, a, you know, a president, whatever. Uh, if we're writing for a publication like The Post or, or whatever, sure. we're... We, we try to withhold those biases and not try to have them show up in our stories. I well, mean, here at Deadline Detroit, we have a little bit more latitude to write columns and stuff, and we may show our, our biases a little more. Well, that's that's why I do this kind of stuff. Right. I'm allowed to do that in this day and age. Right, uh, right. You know, I wasn't sure. when I was a reporter, but I do have to ask you this. I want to finish up with this question. We've only got a couple minutes left here. Uh, the repercussions for the media on this one, uh, because we've been hearing the fake news mantra for a long time. Are you concerned at all about people's trust and faith in the actual reporters, the ones out there who are still fact-checked, who are still you know, getting second sources, verifying those sources? Are you concerned that people are going to turn their back on traditional media? I, I, I'm not so concerned that they'll turn their back, but I think it, there, there will be a backlash to this. I saw last night a friend I grew up with was basically trashing the media and you know for all their lies and I and I wrote back and I said can you please cite some stories that you've seen along the way on this that are false I think the media has you know look the media has been beating the drum but the media has dug up a lot of you know a lot of good stuff uh are they gonna you know have to defend themselves yes I, th- I think there's going to be a, uh, certainly a backlash, and certainly among Trump supporters and the whole fake news, they're going to ignore the fact of all the indictments that have come out of the Mueller investigation. And, and let's see what else is there. I mean, if there's absolutely nothing there, if, if Donald Trump and his campaign are squeaky clean, then have at it. But I, I'm, 
Well, and that's it. And I just urge everybody to take take a step back from the ledge here. Uh, you know, it's it's a little early to be celebrating, and it's a little early to be uh, to be mourning. So uh, I have a feeling that some yeah. of the truth is somewhere in the middle. Right. Sure. <laughs> All right, Alan Langle, we certainly appreciate your time, sir. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for checking out the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit on this Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with another show. I always appreciate the fact that you're here. And if you like what you hear on this program, do me a favor. Subscribe to it. Share it. Check it out on Deadline Detroit each and every day. DeadlineDetroit.com. Thanks, everybody. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. One-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor, and The Trip, wise relationship advice with hosts Megan Slattery and Tracy Evans. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news.